I think essentially higher self helps us um, for two reasons. One is exactly the same uh, as why we would help anyone, which is that um, it it is our path, uh, and it is uh, our nature. Um, our path is to fully express our nature, and our nature is surely, um, you know, love light and laws of coming out of the love, you know, free will, love, and light. So the essential qualities of will and love and wisdom um, fully actualizing that uh, is the nature fully actualizing true nature is our path and therefore service to other any other or other self is absolutely natural or, or um, uh, a foundational aspect of path uh, to further develop all we are, which is to express our true nature and to actualize true nature. For higher self, that's just the same. The other is that higher self has a certain metaphysical responsibility for us in, you know, there's only self and other self, only the one self, or all self is the logos, all beings are the one, are logos. That truth of unity is known by higher self in a way far greater than we do know. And so, uh, mind-body-spirit complex is, you can say, an emanation body, or a projection, out from Atman, or the sub-sub-logos, sub-sub-logos, uh, that is Atman. In a certain way, it, it, akin to uh, others that we may help being other selves, but even more intimate than that. Uh, so it's uh, similar to parent-child, uh, or um, ocean helping river, <laughs> you know the mountain, the mountain pot, the mountain, oh, the mountain lake that then streams down into countless rivers down the mountainside to the ocean. Uh, it is in the nature of the mountain lake to support and nourish the rivers that um, stream from it. I, that that. There's a level of identity between mind-body-spirit complex and higher self that is even more intimate than the self-other-self nature of us and other beings that don't have the same uh, higher self, although the higher self community is unified in a certain way, too. So, uh, those two. One, it helps the higher self evolve, uh, and it expresses its true nature. Two, uh, there is a metaphysical identity between mind-body-spirit complex and higher self that is uh, a highly intimate um, expression or resonance with the reality that uh, all light is um, the identity of light is its source, the Logos. And so both of these, so there's a certain metaphysical responsibility and then its path. In terms of the time-space uh, continuum dynamic meaning if higher self helps my body spirit complex, uh, is the higher self changed in its experience as a future self to that my body spirit complex? Uh, yes and no. You see, I always had a problem with Ra talking about higher self as our future self, 
and uh, some channels and some ET sources talk about they're from our future. There are, you know, Earth, Earth's future being coming back to us. Um, the future and the past and the present are all one. That's true simultaneity. So in, in the view of uni unity or higher self or true simultaneity, even above higher self really, uh, there is no past or future, it's all now. And so a future self is a present is, is an expan is a multi-dimensional expansion of the present self. Or the present self is far greater than the space-time bod embodied selfhood. The space-time embodied selfhood um, is simply one um, subset of the greater uh, logoic octave self that includes higher self and mind body spirit complex in 3D space time. And so, <clears throat> uh, yes, there is um, exchange, interplay, feedback, transformation, meaning exchange between the, the 3D space time, mind body spirit complex and late sixth density higher self in the sense of how the uh, how uh, associated with the consequences of atmanic intervention in the in the here and now having consequences to the apparent future of the mind body spirit complex uh, and consequences, therefore, from therefrom to Atman in so-called future, as well as now. So, to the extent that higher self helps Atman now, higher self is benefiting from the consequences of those help now, not only in some kind of future. In fact, um, higher self is really outside the temporal uh, sequence, and so what we experience as future improvement is experienced by Atman as uh, development now by, in this case, positive consequences of um, non-infringing intervention. So you see, it's not as simple as higher self says, hey man, uh, eat a good diet and you'll be healthier, and then higher self later gets healthy. More like the soul asks the mind-body-spirit complex in 3D space-time, asks for help now, and listens and takes it to heart and applies it, puts it into practice, is there, therefore improved or has a, a future condition improved from the present, the higher self partakes of that future improvement um, both in our future and in the um, occurrence of the intervention before the so-called future, it seems to me. If you want to get a sense of what higher self is doing in late sixth density, um, look into the Seth material. The Seth material um, very much explains or presents aspects. Um, not all of it's undistorted; some just seems distorted and limited. But there's also some very rare teaching in the Seth material channeling that uh, indicates um, the exploration of consciousness that Atman. Um, is engaged with for its own evolution out of six to seven. Ra talked about the balance of love wisdom. It's a very, very fine balance between yin yang, between uh, electri electrical and magnetic, <laughs> between sending and giving, between doing and being, between motion and motionlessness. Uh, that's the balance <laughs> between motion, motion and stillness. 
between sending and giving, um, giving and taking, or sending and taking, actually, giving and taking. You see, um, incarnation in a dimension, in any dimensionality, is inclusive of the uh, so-called lower dimensionalities concurrently. So you're not just in third density; you're in first and second and third density now. So the human is not simply in third density; they're in the first three densities from a, an anchor in the yellow ray third density body. Likewise, higher self is in the first six densities uh, from the vantage point of um, a indigo ray body. So, I mean, you can say, why are you not in second density now? You are. You're in first, second, and third density now with the vantage point or the incarnated form of a yellow ray body. Higher self would be in sixth density, uh, capable of experiencing um, all lower dimensions simultaneously or somewhat, you know, in, in the same way. And I don't have any final answers. I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm not atmonically uh, fully conscious either. So it's not, I don't know what you, to say that decisions made higher self level, I, I wouldn't put it that way. Um, in time and space, in third density, the human level soul decides, uh, chooses its path pretty much by its uh, unconscious tendencies or attachment either to love or control. However, that takes place within the context of a seven-dimensional self um, and, an, and a higher self, Atman, that already has an orientation uh, at the base of its beingness or at the base of itself as a being, as beingness, beingness complex, six-density self. That already has a, an orientation. Basically, I think that's the orientation that it took um, to get from three to six. And I'm not sure, I'm not clear on this, but there seems to be a problem when a third density human soul goes hard on the opposite path to its Atmanic orientation at, at the base of that beingness. I don't know. It comes from its path long, long ago. <laughs> long, long ago. Uh, some entity from a, a galaxy far, far away um, took the choice. Uh, you see, I mean, how does how does Atman develop from the logos? Uh, is it bottom up or top down? I would say it's both. And so, uh, it may be that originally you had angelics who didn't have choice that represented the Atmanic level in the first octaves with free will, in the, you know, free will in the sense of having two paths. So the extension of the law of free will to the sublogos being its veiling of 3D space-time mind, then establishment of the two paths. At that time, if there was a first, you know, manifestation, um, you, you probably had a, a, an angelic or archangelic overshadowing that was a stand-in 
for the Atman level at that time, meaning uh, there is evolution, biological evolution up and spiritual evolution down, or biological evolution up, meaning in the beginning, um, let there be light, intelligent energy, then gave rise to seven dimensions in potentia, but not but not inhabited, except by angels. They would be coming right out of the Logos and would be helpers at all seven-dimensional levels. Those helpers then, uh, I assume, overshadowed or guided, at least guided the process of material biological evolution from the four elemental states or the four, element, or the four elements as tendencies of matter, of, you know, atomic tendencies, actually, uh, guiding them into, from cellular, you know, single cellular to multicellular uh, creatures in lower second density, uh, you know, from the mineral, based in the minerals, uh, building up from single to multicelled entities to, you know, development of the nervous system and the brain and all the organs and all that, uh, coming out of uh, probably the plant. I mean, first, I guess you had the plants, the single cellulars, um, probably first started as plants and then amoeba and uh, dinoflagellate. And so you had uh, amoeba, single-celled organisms that uh, probably went both ways simultaneously, both into what we call plant both and, and animal kingdoms. And... Um, material evolution then gradually built up body forms that were capable of second density and then third density consciousness. While um, that was overshadowed by who? Um, angelics? Uh, and probably not only angelics, seven-dimensional angelics, meaning angelics at each of the seven-dimensional levels, but also guys from other galaxies or the pre the previous octave who um, stood in for the Atmanic level that hadn't been developed by free will yet, meaning beings at the level of higher self hadn't uh, entered sixth density or, you know, there weren't wasn't evolution up from single-celled up to Atmanic yet in any particular in that particular octave and was both guided by uh, angelics at each of the levels, as well as guys from the for the previous octave. Where did they come from? You know, where did it where, where did it start? Ra would say it never started; it always was. Or who knows? Because the whole thing takes place. You know, temporality was born of timelessness, and <clears throat> the whole scheme of time and space came out of something prior to it. But you can't even say prior to it, in a sense, because the time, the, the temporal, is itself timeless. You, what we perceive as linear time is simply the result of limited perceptual faculty, the, the inadequate perceptual mechanism that leads to limited concept and, you know, self-associated experience. That, that, that is a maya, avidya. And so without avidya and without maya, um, before avidya, right, before the, the ten fetters, 
before the seven dimensional octaves of samsara, um, you had a uh, you had pure power potentia without time, and yet um, the true nature of the temporal is the timeless. In a way that were the doors of perception cleansed, right, we would see reality as it is, which is infinite, just like that, with with uh, absolute purification of perception, which really means freedom from the five skandhas, including perception. Uh, Gautama, um, being beyond naming activity, is also beyond um, samskaric uh, perception. And so, free from uh, even, um, you know, even highly expanded perception, free from the the arising of all the five skandhas, um, the temporal would be seen as infinity or timelessness. Um, well, you put a lot of things in there. Uh, first of all, uh, evil <clears throat> is in many ways simply uh, the derivative of absence of light. And I wouldn't say that Logos had bad thoughts, <laughs> but that the no. Logos basically <clears throat> established a limited mechanism with a veil. And so third density body, mind, spirit complex, uh, or third density at yellow ray incarnation of body, mind, spirit complex is a limited mechanism with limited uh, perception and therefore limited concept conceivability. The abilities to conceive and name and interpret and fashion, you know, experience are limited by the limited mechanism and the karmic stream, the tendencies of any particular being. Within that, um, there is uh, obscuration and distortion, obscuration of light or various levels of ignorance. Well, yeah, yeah, yes, uh, basically I would agree. The, the free will acting upon, uh, the law of free will acting upon the law of love is, in, is the infinite power will of the one infinite creator, infinity, uh, intelligent infinities, infinite power acting on its infinite love, which is the desire that there be fuller experience or expression of its infinity. That's what the love means, and that's the enabling principle, second law, law of love. By those two forces came the Logoi. The Logos is the third principle. The law of light is the Logoic principle, actually. And that's the difference <clears throat> between the Heavenly Father and the Logos that Yeshua talks about, actually. The Word made flesh is, is the Logos becoming Yeshua, but the Word is coming out of the Father. The word, the word is the Logos that comes out of intelligent infinity. So what came out of the interplay of infinite power, will, and infinite love or desire to enable and express came the Logoic principle of, of galaxies, of a galactic center. My sense is that uh, from the establishment of the third law of light, Law of Light, which is the Logoic principle, in my view, meaning um, intelligent energy arises from the Logos, which is a modification uh, or, or is uh, is derived uh, down upstream from um, intelligent infinity, 
And so upstream is intelligent infinity, and the stream is formulated by the, the interplay of uh, will and love into the downstream condition of galactic logos that then differentiates further to, to solar logos and then differentiates further to Atman and um, e- the, the negative path and evil and all that basically simply arose by that extension of free will that, that established a solar logos distinct from the galactic. You see, many suns <clears throat> are not considered solar logos uh, to the Ra, that they haven't differentiated uh, from the galactic and they haven't established um, sort of modifications of the laws of light in their octave. Uh, when that establish- when that modification is made, then that galactic becomes a solar, even though it's still a sun. That sun then is what we call solar, or, or sublogos. And then um, the further extension into third density with the veil, then beings can establish themselves on the surface of self-path, uh, just represents um, the uh, establishment of a of a path or a way back to the lo- to Atman, uh, in which power is developed without love, or their fourth ray is circumvented uh, all the way up to six, and that's very doable because <clears throat> there there is a power that comes from deliberate blockage of one two three four. One two three four becomes an anchor root of power. When one two three four blocked, you know, for those on the negative path, the deliberate blockage and then um, unification of four rays blockage one two three four, is surmounted by high development of five and six, making contact with intelligence infinity seven. That's sufficient to get one to six density, but not further. And that's you know the resonance between four and six. You can see entities on the negative path can't do much in six density, and they have to switch over, uh, partially because of the intrinsic resonance between fourth and sixth ray. Uh, they blocked fourth ray, or the qualities of love green ray, all along, and they simply can't uh, develop in indigo without with that green ray shutdown. But their evil represents basically um, just a continuance of... Um, lower chakra blockage and mind distortions uh, that all are associated with absence of light and love. <clears throat> They're associated with um, you know, um, deliberate maintenance of love-light blockage <clears throat> that um, because of the establishment of the, of the seven rays uh, still doesn't prevent ascension to six density but it does prevent ascension into and through six density um, with that green ray blockage. So I don't think it's the Logos had bad thoughts or the Logos thought, oh, let's have some evil. But <clears throat> the Logos um, knew, I guess, that there would be the potential for a, a service to self path arising and felt that was fine and wanted to see what would happen. And at some level doesn't know, even though it does know, it's really, that's a sort of strange thing. The, the, the degree of knowing... Uh, of what we call future uh, <clears throat> that is intrinsic to those beings in sixth density and up that we would say are out of time their knowing is limited <laughs> or they play along with limited knowing 
or they suspend their knowing voluntarily uh, for various reasons. <laughs> but it, it, the negative path is uh, simply um, using the associated chakra blockages and uh, evolving to six despite them. Yes, the existence of the service to self path definitely can be traced back, it seems to me, uh, to the original discernment of the concept of finity. Ra said the creator discerned the concept, the, the concept was finity. That discernment is a um, sentient recognition or consciousness associated recognition of the possibility of something of an experience that could be uh, called or, or known as finite. The concept of mm -hmm. finity is a thought in the mind of the infinite that then, yes, immediately mobilized the infinite will, infinite love, or, or mobilized the infinite will uh, with, I would say, the intrinsic love of that discernment of finity. You know, why did the Creator even discern that? Because the Creator itself um, seeks um, something. The, the Creator mm -hmm. itself is, is not static. It's not, um, it's not um, an infinity of completion, or it's a, an infinite completedness that never ends. <laughs> it's, it's a ever modulating or ever changing, ever uh, active infinity um, that is both complete and never ending. You know, it's a dynamo of infinity, not just some kind of space resting, you know, motionless. And so the dynamo, yeah, it's organic, but it's also um, ever alive. It's it's filled with livingness, not motionless. Yeah, I mean, it's before shimmering. It's basically, you know, it's before any light, but it's like shimmering. It's it's not. It's even before. It's the it's the um, livingness of infinity that is the basis for intelligent energy's very vibratory nature. The, the vibratory, yeah. shimmering, dancing thoughts nature of intelligent energy, which is the precursor to the seven dimensions. That um, vibratory motion or motion of vibration, shimmering, um, is traced back to the very livingfulness of intelligent infinity that is the basis for that discernment of the concept of finity, um, which then mobilized its, its infinite will by, I would say, the intrinsic um, desire that even gave rise to the discernment of infinity, the, the basic desire to discern, to see what can be seen, to be all that it can be, to express itself fully, or to continue living that life. To, to continue the, the livingness, the very livingness quality of intelligent infinity, is a kind of love, or seeking. It's and so that gave rise to light of the galaxies. Well, it's the, you know this is now you're getting like super abstruse because there is some discussion in some metaphysical sources that most of the most of the creator is not in creation. 
or all of infinite, what, what appears relatively infinite form-based creation, meaning countless galaxies, right? How many galaxies are there? <laughs> the, every galaxy has hundreds of billions of stars. And how many hundreds of billions of galaxies are there, you know, right? So there are hundreds and billions of galaxies that we can imagine counting with hundreds and billions of stars and countless, countless beings. All of that is a tiny portion of the, intelli- of the infinite creator. Most of the power of the infinite creator is on the other side of um, the law of light. Infinite vibratory creation that all came out of the law of light is a tiny portion of the infinite will, love, power, beingness of intelligent infinity. Well, uh, when people say shadow work, they're really talking, in my view, um, of uh, particularly second and third chakra blockages. So, you don't have second and third chakra blockages uh, in the same way at at the level of Atman. There, there. You can say that that Atman, by being in sixth density and not being yet in eight, uh, in 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 inevitability, inevitably, uh, has blockages in in its seven ray system. The idea being that if there were no blockages in the seven ray system, the entity would be in eighth density. I think that's reasonable. So, <clears throat> Atman in its seven ray, or the, you see that the Atman is, a, is the sixth dimensional um, beingness of the seven dimensional total self. So the seven dimensional total self is the seven dimensional body's uh, totality that Ra calls mind, body, spirit, beingness, totality complex, with three points. One being mind, body, spirit complex here now in 3D space time, Atman higher self in six beingness, and then totality complex uh, in seven. Those three points of awareness in the seven-dimensional uh, mechanism, seven rays, seven bodies of the octave self, <clears throat> um, uh, intrinsically has subtle blockages by its very um, its very manifestation in the octave. And that when it gets out of the octave, we can say it has no seven-dimensional blockages. Okay, fine. But when people say shadow work, they're really talking about work on um, the personal subconscious, which is mainly second, third chakra blockage issues in mind. Yeah. Um, well, the thing is, what we're calling shadow work... Uh, here for human being, I think, mainly second, third chakra blockage release or healing, um, you know, psychopathology, emotional wounding, core beliefs, issues of selfhood and relation, self and self-relations. That work is um, the below of the as above for Atman. The correlate for Atman um, is probably its work helping um, third density or helping mind body spirit evolve back into Atman. And so, in some way, its awareness, its six dimensional awareness, represents the light to the shadowed condition of the evolving mind body spirit complex in lower than six dimensions.
I don't think that there, you see, the only, there's no higher self that is service to self. There's no Atman that is on the negative path, because in early sixth density there's a switchover. Uh, so, yet, Ra had talked about Crowley as being positive at the base of his beingness. Now, clearly there are some beings that got to sixth density on the negative path. Uh, it seems to me that if Ra said, there are two ways to take that. The normal, the way I've taken it is Crowley's higher self got to its level of higher self on the positive path and therefore is called positive at the base of beingness. The other way is that all entities are positive at the base of the beingness by the very nature of higher self being not on the negative path. However, uh, there is a negative path. <laughs> and if entities uh, do hardcore negative work like Crowley did, you would assume they would be qualified to get into 4D negative or getting close, you know, like Genghis Khan and Rasputin. They, they, if, if all Atman is positive at the base of beingness, uh, why did Crowley go to hell and, um, you know, Rasputin go to 4D negative? I don't know. But uh, the note, when Ross said positive at the base of beingness seems to imply to me that all Atman, uh, that, that Atman got there by two different paths. And uh, though 10% of the souls in the galaxy that go on the negative path may be called negative at the base of beingness, even though that higher self is no longer on the negative path. So any kind of shadow work of the higher self is, I don't think, um, comparable to what we call shadow, because it's certainly not second, third chakra blockage, but it's perhaps its metaphysical responsibility for the still and shadowed mind-body-spirit complex evolving up through lower densities to six. And you can also say that the very essential work of six density Atman, which includes helping mind-body-spirit complex evolve, is, as Ross said, balancing, subtle balancing of love-wisdom. And that, that subtle balancing includes its helping of uh, evolving mind-body-spirit complex, but that, that subtle balancing is a um, making its own imbalances balanced or bringing light to its own shadow, so that its own whatever shadow we can say is in Atman, it's the shadow of as yet unbalanced love-wisdom tendencies. And that, to me, is basically working on the final three fetters in Buddhism. And so the last three fetters are basically self-conceit, restlessness, and avidya, or basic ignorance, which is ahamkara, or uh, identity fashioning, and basic intelligent energy restlessness and stability, and the basic avidya, uh, probably, of <laughs> being uh, in an octavic body. Ahamkara oh. is just self-identity fashioning. Oh yeah, collective ahamkara. <laughs> yes, you can say that, you, you see, the level of selfhood, the quality of selfhood at higher self is called unified self. While we here in 3D space-time experience dualistic self. But uh, <laughs> that dualist, expression of dualistic self, or the experience of dualistic selfhood, uh, goes to the experience of unified selfhood at higher self or sixth density, 
uh, having move, having were having utilized social memory complex collective selfhood. So there's collective dualistic selfhood in the fourth and fifth density social memory complex. Then there's unified se- collective selfhood in the sixth density collective social memory complex. Right? It's a collective unified selfhood. While there's you know so there's there's collective dualistic and collective unified selfhood. The dualistic collective selfhood is four and five density. The unified collective selfhood is six density. After that, you have um, you know the end of identity in seven. And that's why Ra really, when they spoke about seventh density totality complex, it was very depersonalized. It was basically a resource, not a guy, not like um, a teacher. It was more of a an infinite reservoir or computer almost uh, of um, total potential knowing or potential total knowing that was um, like the spirit complex to higher self in my view and depersonalized. When you get to eighth density, I think there is there may even be a repersonalization somewhat. But the idea that, you know, Nichinanda became a force of nature. And if you've ever seen really great teachers, they are very uh, depersonalized. They're, they're very transpersonal in the sense that this is not a guy anymore. And, and I can see it. And, you know, you can say I'm fooling myself, but I think I can see what that is, which is I, I have a direct experience seeing some of these guys where I can see there's no person, there's no personhood left in that mind. The the identifications with personality, with personhood are gone. There's no personhood identity in that, that being's expression, seems to me. And very, very, there are almost no teachers like that. Because, you know, that that's similar to Gautama Nityananda. And uh, there's, then they, they have then transcended unified collective selfhood or unified self-collectivity. And seventh density, there's no more social memory complex. There's no more social or memory. <laughs> and there's not much of a complex going on either. I don't know. It's not that there's a limit limit to its knowing. It's that the knowing that's called memory um, empties out into um, a near-infinite present moment. Infinite presence equals no memory and no future. Memory is basically knowing of of so-called past. The so-called past and so-called future are finished in seventh density, but the knowing is not unavailable. It's just um, experienced in a living present moment of boundless presence. Okay, so thanks for your questions today. And um, um, please take good care of yourselves. See you next time, and good night.